Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your host, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon, And I'm Father Travis Crotty. And we are joined by a magnanimous, special, <laughs> powerful guest wow. at, this, at this particular uh, episode here. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've got in the house with you today, Nathan Phillips, world-renowned school counselor from the Diocese of Sioux City, employed by Catholic Charities. Welcome, Nathan Phillips. Yeah, Good to have you. I did not expect the applause, but I definitely deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it, so you didn't have to. Wow. You know, I, I think that was a very gracious introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Some people think Sioux City is kind of a lame city. Um, no. I'll, I'll fight them for it. Who would mm. such, say I such know, a thing? I know. But mm. some people, well, I'll, I'll call him out because he's probably listening. Um, my friend, he's been on the show, Father Taylor Leffler. Yes. He often, so I, we have the same day off and I'll go to Omaha to hang out with him. And he sometimes refuses to come hang out with me because he claims it's just like too lame in Lamar's or in Sioux City. Right? Because it's like, oh, look, cool restaurants, all these cool people in Omaha. You guys get together and cook. Well, you sometimes. can do that anywhere. I know, I know. Tell me about it. Tell him <laughs> that. Listen to that, Father Taylor. But I think um, we, where we went to dinner tonight, Soho, yes. kitchen, and, kitchen and Bar, you know, on 4th Street in Sioux City, I think is a little gem that Father Shane, you introduced us to. Lots of comfort food. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, a uni- but, but a particularly unique comfort food that we experienced tonight. Uh, Nathan, that you tried? Yeah, I didn't. I tried a cheeseburger, cheeseburger bacon salad, and I have got to say, it was a lot better than I expected it to be. What you're probably thinking is, what does that look like? It looks exactly like it sounds. It's just a cheeseburger <laughs> on top of a lettuce, just in a bowl. So it was exciting. It arrived, and Father Karate said, "I wondered if it was going to be a cheeseburger on top of a salad." And sure enough, it was. <laughs> it was. Well, you went with a low carb option compared to the other two of us for dinner tonight. Big sandwiches, so bucket full of fries. That's right. Well, <laughs> yeah. we're nourished and ready to go. Yeah, we are nourished, ready to go, full of carbs. Absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I was a little bit jealous. I saw you guys' sandwiches and like, uh, maybe I should have had that. So <laughs> when we're falling asleep later in this episode, though, that's right. Then you'll be the smart one. That's right. Yeah. Um, Nathan, you are a licensed counselor, mm-hmm. mental health therapist, working with Catholic charities. And I one am. of your specializations right now is you're assigned to a number of our Catholic grade schools throughout the diocese. And you kind of work the circuit. Uh, I do. Kind of doing counseling with students, at-risk students, but also just promoting general health, you know, mental health and well-being in general. Um, and it's, it's such a, a needed ministry mm. um, just in in general. So I, perhaps you could just say a little bit about what drew, drew you into this type of uh, work and ministry on behalf of the church and on behalf of helping others um, and how important that mental health is. Yes, I, I'm, I definitely consider myself... <clears throat> blessed uh, to be in the position that I am. I grew up in the in the in the 
Diocese of Sioux City, Spirit Lake specifically. Okaboji. Oh, wow. Okaboji. That's pretty fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Okaboji, the land of eternal summer bliss. You know, it, you were on uh, point was, with yeah, that. You were on it. That's great. You probably practiced it a little bit before. Yeah, you know me. I just sit, in, I, I sit home late at night and I practice our sound effects. Sure, this would be good here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Sioux City. Um, and then... Uh, I, I went away for a while. I was I kind of did my tour of the country in some ways, um, but there was always like a, a call kind of back home. Um, <clears throat> as you guys are talking about Sioux City and the rich, I, I, I do. I find it a rich city, you know, and I, I find it a beautiful city. I, and I, I always kind of felt that call to come back home. And so uh, I was lucky enough to uh, find a, a wonderful uh, company to work with uh, Catholic Charities, and now I, I I do about six different schools. I travel to six different schools in the week, and I and I meet with kids uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then Wednesdays I actually see you know kind of what would be considered a more regular clientele on Wednesdays, and so it's uh it's a great uh, it's uh, I, I'm very blessed to do it because there is like you said there is there is a need right now for maybe more of a focus on our mental health. There's more of a need for maybe talking about some of those things that previously have been kind of swept under the rug, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so, uh, here I get a chance to, to do that. And I'm, I'm passionate about it. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be where I am. And, uh, the Catholic charities is, uh, just a wonderful advocate for, for what we do. Well, and you were one of our seminarians for the diocese. I was, you know, a few years ago. And so obviously that heart for service, to wanting to be connected to people, uh, you know, the one-on-one -on -one conversation, which is so key and part of pastoral ministry, that was obviously part of your uh, your passions. And, and in many respects, you get to do a lot of that same pastoral care just from the perspective of mental health. Uh, most definitely. I still remember a conversation I had with my spiritual director, and we it was like one of those like aha moments that we search for in in therapy. And I had this aha moment, like I'm whatever I'm doing in life, it needs to be of service to God's people. And, and I, and that's, and it's, that's been my North star, uh, since, you know, since seminary in which it was such a, a blessing, uh, such a wonderful time in seminary. Cause it really helped me to kind of, uh, separate the chaff from the wheat. Am I saying that right? I'm you are quite well sure that's if I'm good. like saying did, that right. right. You got it. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm, and so it really helped me to kind of like, all right, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, uh, yeah. And so that, that, that service has, has been, uh, a, th a through line for me and for most of my life. Yeah, nice. Definitely. Yeah. It's such a helpful collaborate, collaborative, <laughs> choosing new words tonight, uh, <laughs> collaborative ministry with, I think, pastoral ministry mm -hmm. in my first couple of years of priesthood. Now I'm just recognizing the the incredible gift it is to engage in some in pastoral counseling and pastoral ministry of just a lot of conversations. Um, Father Shane, you and I both in high schools, um, but even just like parishioners um, in the context of marriage prep, but then even just the conversations of people reaching out and wanting to have those conversations that might lead on a sacramental side to beautiful confession or might lead to some desire for kind of conversion or maybe come back mm -hmm. to the church and having your marriage mm -hmm. validated or something. Um, but I've also had the opportunity to do some referral, just recognizing that, yeah, there's a limit to just kind of the, the normal pastoral counseling of a priest. And there's more of that, like acute care that's, mm -hmm. that's needed. And I, I've also found, yeah. And just 
young people, especially um, coming out of the pandemic or even just there's more of this awareness of mental health, but there's just, yeah, more of a need for that acute care. So I'm grateful you're in this. I, I definitely see a need. I've talked to many priests that they're oftentimes that, that first step for, for many parishioners that they aren't entirely sure what's wrong. All, they, all that they really know is something doesn't quite feel right. And I don't know where to go. And so I, I'm obviously very, I love, I love the priests in our diocese and we're incredibly blessed to have them. And, and I, cause I see like one of their essential functions of the job is to recognize that need within mm-hmm. the, within the parishioners. Cause they, they need you guys, you know, and they, they desperately need you to say, all right, you know, yeah, let's work through this. Or maybe let's, let's talk to somebody that's, you know, has a different specialization, you know? So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm especially cognizant of, of what you guys bring to the diocese. Yeah. And I would think as a mental health specialist, you know, you hear lots of jokes, right? Like, Oh, who, you know, you don't have to deal with crazy people. And I don't want to go talk to a shrink, you know, that's not, that doesn't relate to me. I'm not broken. Right. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of stereotypes probably that you hear, but you could probably push back and say, Oh, there's a lot of stereotypes about all you people out there who probably don't quite understand your full mental health. You know? I might've joked about it on the, on the podcast before. I think I might've said it once, but I was with my parents at this used car dealership in Canton, South Dakota. So no offense from calling the guy out. If I don't remember which dealership it was, but he, he asked what I was doing. I think I was just going into theology. And he's, and I said, yeah, I'm going to be Catholic priest. And he's like, how long does that take? And I said, oh, it's going to take about eight or nine years. He goes, what? What are you going to school for? Yeah. He goes, you're just a glorified counselor. And I was just like, you're just a used car salesman guy. Like, I think I have shared that before. But one, it was like two digs. I was like, well, thanks, man. But it's also like, what do you what do you think about counselors you know i'll tell you so we have like these sets of skills that like all counselors have to have to like work through you know basic reflection of feeling uh rephrasing you know reframing and honestly like some of the best like people like practitioners uh that i've i've seen have been priests they Mm -hmm. they 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 grasp what it is that is you know that those those essential skills you know and so yeah i mean so your jobs are important you know because yeah you, they people need to be heard and i i believe that's a a fundamental a thing for humanity is that people need to be seen and heard they need to be connected um and that connection will lead to uh just you know open up many other different options and so yeah yeah so yeah and what would you say as you kind of look at the general uh, population, if you were to take a, a general assessment of their mental health right now, particularly as we're, you know, on the ba- hopefully on the backside of a pandemic, mm. and there was a lot of isolation, a lot of lockdown, you know, how would you, how would you offer kind of a general assessment of the needs of people right now and perhaps what they should be aware of in terms of their own mental health? Yes. I mean, that's a wonderful question because I do see there's many, many thinkers and many people that see this, what we have just went through during during this pandemic as a collective trauma. And I do see that a lot as I'm traveling throughout the diocese. There is significantly more people showing up at Catholic Charities seeking help. There's a lot more kids, I would say, in crisis or kids that need to process out 
these these complicated feelings because during these essential developmental times, you know, some of these kids have have their 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 circle has shrunk when their circle should be expanding. And as that circle shrinks, uh, they, they cast out to fill that to fill that need. And so that that need is filled with sometimes things that aren't pure, aren't holy, aren't things that are going to bring them up. And so I I see uh, I see a definite um, <clears throat> a need right now for for people to maybe kind of break down some of those like stigmas around mental health. Maybe maybe start talking about uh, asking simple questions. You know, how are you doing today? And then maybe not letting somebody off with saying, "Oh, I'm good." Maybe investing themselves a little bit further. Like, well, what's what's good mean? You know, what's um, or if they say, you know, if, if it's, it's, it's seeking on a deeper level, how that person is in, in as, as a person that I think maybe we need to like, maybe do a little bit better at, you know, as a people. Cause I do believe that God calls us to, you know, to care about our fellow man and, and it's easy to just kind of brush things off, but it gets a little bit harder when we have to seek a little bit deeper, but that's, I think that's where we're called. But Nathan, this is traditionally an Irish German diocese and we don't talk about feelings here. (laughs) This is the upper Midwest, the plains. Everyone's good all the time. What are you talking about? Inquiring into the depths of another human soul. How dare you? (laughs) Yeah. You go to the baseball game and shut your mouth. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how I grew up. I'll be honest Uh, with you. You know, you just didn't, you know, you didn't talk about that stuff, and um, and then you get suffering in silence, and yeah. you get people uh, that um, <clears throat> are hurting that we could help. You know, um, and so yes, and so I it, there it is. It takes a leap of faith. It takes sometimes radical courage to go against some of these things that are ingrained within us that the things that were brought up in, 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 in many ways, we think that they protect us. You know, we think that if we are quiet and we think that if we don't engage, then we're somehow protected. And I, I, I would argue, I would argue against that in the simple fact that the more that we engage with people, the more that we connect and the more that we are brave enough to maybe take that leap of faith with somebody new or take or take that leap of faith and ask somebody that we care about a deeper, more you know, uh, in depth question. I, I I think more happiness is found. Mm-hmm. Well, and you were talking about like this need for like helping and reaching out to others, breaking down that stigma. I've just found, praise God, in the time I've been in seminary, I think there's been so much of that happening um, for men themselves in, in formation. Instead of just oh, how can we go out and help all these people in the diocese? The need for deep spiritual psychological healing and we've we've had sister miriam on and all the good work that she's doing right now with priests with seminarians this deep healing that's mind body and spirit Mm. uh, just a really integral um experience of healing coming from uh, praise god i think a really integral experience of formation in seminaries right now um that i think in the past really and and we had a we had a wonderful experience where a, a really old benedictine monk um in st louis had this just beautiful experience of healing spiritual and psychological healing that came way, way late because he was interacting with so many men who through their human formation and through seeking counseling themselves through spiritual direction 
we're starting to really experience deep healing mm. um, from different wounds of even their most more recent past, different yeah. sexual wounds, different things from their, right. their history. And he was so inspired by the freedom that he saw in these, in these young seminarians mm. that he started digging back into the stuff that he had literally pushed under the rug <laughs> for his entire priesthood and monastic life. And he, he took some time away, came back, and he gave the most incredible um, conference that I think we'd, we'd probably experienced because this was a man who, who was experiencing freedom and healing from like decades worth of stuff mm. that he was almost you know, encouraged to or just kind of invited to, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. Check that at the door. Um, so, yeah, when you get to see the, the backside of it, yeah. it might be kind of a fr- you know, fearful at first, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we said, coming from our experience of Irish or German, we're going to talk about our feelings. But then when you've encountered somebody who has experienced that freedom, that's when there's an invitation for something deeper for, for I think, all of us. I, I, I can see as I, as I watch, I feel bad for everyone that can't see Father Karate right now, but I can see as you're talking about it, I can see, I, I, I see like a passion or a fire just within you. And I can, it, it sounds awesome, mm. you know, to be able to like address those, those wounds that we maybe not, might not even realize that we have, um, you know, and it, and that's where, you know, that's where it takes some courage, mm. you know? Um, and, but I think with great risks and great rewards. So, yeah. Nathan, would you recommend anything in particular for our listeners? If they really haven't spent a lot of time maybe identifying their emotions with clarity, kind of doing that introspection to say, how, how is my mental health right now? Uh, have I buried emotions? Have I buried wounds of the past? Are there areas of shame, confusion, powerlessness in my life, rejection? Do you have any recommendations on maybe some initial steps and maybe how they can just assess their general mental well-being? I believe it starts with, it, it sounds simple, but I, I don't think that it necessarily is. I, I believe it starts with honesty, honesty with, with ourselves, honesty with how we interact with the world around us. Um, because we, we live in a culture that is very fast paced. Um, and so it, very, it becomes very easy for us to ignore aspects within ourselves that need to be addressed. I was thinking about this the other day as I was in, I did adoration. I'm, I'm won't tell you how long it's been since I did adoration, but I did adoration and I was sitting there and I was thinking, I, I, I know the steps that I have to take. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say that I'm not on social media. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say that I, and I, that I probably, you know, consume too much media. I'm aware of how that can negatively affect me. And so then I, I, I do have to take those, those steps of, uh, you know, kind of that, that, that self inventory of, of how do I, how am I interacting with the world? You know, and sometimes it's in those quick little reactions. Like if, for example, if those people around us that we care about, if we are maybe snapping at them, you know, or responding in anger or like maybe even, you know, jealousy or, or even like hate, you know, those are oftentimes areas where we might need to pay a little bit more attention because it's probably something a little bit deeper, you know. So those self-inventory reflections, those, t- those quiet times uh, that we can like kind of force ourselves to be in. And I'm not going to lie and say that it's 
it's easy once because it's 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 not easy to craft a uh, a practice of meditation. It's not easy to craft like a, a like a prayer life that is focused on silence and just being with ourselves. But it is there. There's benefits to be had, you know. And but I also think that there's also something to be said for engaging in the people around us. Once again, it's um, how do we. Uh, pull from them like how we are are doing you know and, and engaging in those honest conversations of of self you know those but those important self inventories <clears throat> i do believe are important uh as we analyze ourselves certainly at the institute for priestly formation you know i know father you've had some training there and uh if you look at the thoughts feelings and desires approach to spiritual direction it certainly is a great barometer also just for mental health. Mm. You know, what are my thoughts circulating around? Where are my feelings taking me? What are the desires in the deepest recesses of my heart going? And if there's, if there's kind of a blockage there, if there's barriers, if there's mm. vulnerabilities, that can speak volumes as to where someone's at in their general health and perhaps what areas need to be given more care. Yeah, I was just even thinking, I think it's Plato, right, that said the unexamined life isn't worth mm-hmm. living. We just like live a lot of unexamined life. Yes. A lot of people all the time. And like the social media thing is so true, but it's scary to examine your life if mm-hmm. you're just kinda like buzzing through it. Yeah. Flying from one thing to the next. But I was just I was grateful. I think this is even back in college seminary. Somebody maybe our vice rector was, was talking about how it's like stuff is gonna come out. And if it's not processed and it comes out the right way, then it's gonna come out sideways. Mm-hmm. It's like we can keep living this unexamined life mm-hmm. but then like the unexamined parts of us are going to, they're going to come out somehow. Um, We can keep kind of shoving stuff down or like sweeping it under the rug or whatever analogy, like pushing it down. Um, It's not going to work. So I just love that invitation of just that, that self inventory, Mm. whether it starts as just kind of like, what is my life? Where am I at right now in my life? Or like, what is, what is difficult? What are these difficult things I'm dealing with in relationships or with myself or even taking it to that step of where am I with God, right? Mm. Or am I, is God even part of my life? Um, I was just talking to some, um, well, like high school students, junior high students for faith formation the night. That's kind of the invitation. Like, I, and they, they were kind of all like nodding along. And I'm like, our faith seems kind of random, doesn't it? It's like, okay, like I, ha- I live my life. And then sometimes on Wednesdays, I come to this faith formation thing. Mm. But I think a lot of us just live in our life. It can be like that. Even sometimes for priests, it's like, am I just kind of fulfilling these, obligations? Am I just saying these prayers? Am I just going to mass? Um, am I just raising my family, whatever it might be? Um, or am I actually with God in this, right? Am I, am I, am I examining my life with him? Um, because he's with us the whole time and he sees us and he knows us and he loves us. So to en- encounter him there is to take that first step, like you're saying, and understanding where I am and where I might need some help. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded, <clears throat> I'm reminded of, uh, the Benedictine monks when, when I was down in conception, Yeah, you know, obviously they, you know, they pray a lot, you know, and, uh, I remember thinking while I was in seminary that, man, that would become monotonous or that would become like almost, um, something that was, you know, uh, you know, routine. And then you kind of get lost in that routine. Uh, and then I was talking to uh, my confessor and, and he was explaining you can, but it's that investment of self, that investment of energy, that willingness to kind of take that step further each day in prayer, each day as we, you might've read this Psalm 30 times, you know, but 
what can we pull from it that's different this time? Because, you know, as we, as we look at that examined life and we are constantly changing, we can, we can pull different things from. Mm-hmm. Well, Nathan, it's good having you on just kind of for some initial insights. And these are topics that we can keep referring back to. So for all of our listeners who need some help, you can contact Nathan at 1-800. <laughs> <laughs> your, your call sheet's going to go way up with the amount of clients who are going to be showing up. But Nathan, please keep, keep, uh, keep up the great work on behalf of the Thank students you. that you serve and the other families throughout the diocese here Thank through you. Catholic Charities. It's great work and great ministry. Thanks for having, on, having me on with us, and God bless to all of our listeners. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.